The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick. And this week, we're going to be talking about one of everybody's most exciting things, testing. Testing your disaster recovery plans, your emergency plans, your crisis management plans, your business continuity plans, just testing overall. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at how we plan for them, how we execute them how we get the buy-in and the value along the way. I will give you some uh, examples on uh, what you need to consider when you're putting these tests together, when you're planning, when to do a lot of planning and when not to do a lot of planning. Because remember, we're actually trying to test the plan, not plan the test. And uh, when you're first getting started, sometimes you need a little bit more planning and coordination. Unless you're an organization that's willing to take a hit and you just go all out, bang, we're in disaster mode. Uh, Not everybody can do that, I'm sure. So we'll go through that to give some examples. Um, A lot of what I'm uh, going to be going through is actually in one of my books, uh, Testing Disaster and uh, Business Continuity Plans, How to Plan and Execute Successful Tests. So I'm going to be going through that. Not everything, of course. You know, I've got to keep some secrets to myself. But uh, we'll go through uh, some of uh, what's in the book here and hopefully give you some information that you can take back to your organizations and start looking at your plans on how do how can we make our test better? What do we need to consider? Who needs to be involved? And, you know, maybe also figure out why some tests in the past haven't worked the way you wanted them to. Because sometimes, you know, you have a great big scope and you've got lots of people, but everyone's doing their own thing. So you never actually coordinate and people to work together to reach the same goals and objectives. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks. And I also want to say that if there are other topics that you want to talk about or or come on the show and be a guest, uh, feel free to send me an email at info. I-N-F-O at stone-road, and by dash, I mean the hyphen sign, dot com, and give me some suggestions. You know, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to hear? What do you need help with? And maybe we can go find a guest, or maybe you could be the guest and come on and talk about something that you're passionate about with regards to emergency response, disaster recovery, and business continuity. So please feel free to do that. I really want to have you involved with the show because the show is here for you, you know, and to help you and talk about other things. And maybe even uh, if 
if I'm lucky, I can snag a couple of people for lessons learned and we can talk about what maybe you did during a, a situation and and how you dealt with it and move, were able to move forward and if they let you, tell us what went wrong. But other than that, let's get started. Let's talk about uh, testing this week. And the first subject I'd like to touch on is, you know, the buy-in and the value of testing. Let's face it, testing validates what we've done. You know, we spend a lot of time, uh, hopefully, meeting with lots of people and, and documenting, you know, activities and roles and responsibilities and all kinds, you know, sometimes even timing, you know, all kinds of steps and things that we need to consider with our IT infrastructures and our applications and our networks and, you know, our operating procedures, you know, on the business side and how our call centers are going to work, our telephony and all kinds of different things. But they're not worth anything if we're not validating that they work. Sometimes we can spend up to a year documenting all this stuff and we get to a test only to find out that things have changed due to projects that have been implemented. So we have to validate these plans and proactively identify what we need to do, you know, to make them uh, real and valid and, you know, living, breathing, uh, you know, either documents, whether they're binders or, or the information captured in an online application that you may be using either way. You know, because you can print from those applications as well, you can still end up with a big binder somewhere, you know, but they don't mean anything if we're not validating that, yes, this is correct. This is the right way we need to do it. This is what we need. These are the resources, both physical, financial, and, you know, from from people, this is what we need to do it. So there's a lot of benefits to testing, you know, and if people are wondering, ask yourself some questions, you know, have the organization ask itself some questions. You know, will will these tests validate uh, you know the, the, these plans that we put together, and the people that are involved with them? You know, are we meeting you know uh, legislative and compliance requirements? Because that's there's a lot of that in place now. You know, a lot of companies you know, are under a lot more scrutiny than ever before, and part of that scrutiny. And, and, you know, there's standards out there, you know, the SOX uh, requirements, the ISO standards, the BCI, the disaster recovery standards, uh, NFPA 1600, CSA, you know, there's so many. And they all have testing as a part of it. So if we're following some of these standards or we have to respond to, you know, these compliance issues that we, we all deal with, you know, in our organizations, then we've got to be able to follow those legislative, uh, you know, and standard activities that we need to address. And part of that is testing, you know, that, that's a big component to it. You know, will these increase, will these tests increase the organization's uh, overall business continuity management awareness? Well, hopefully, yes. So, Increasing BCM awareness is for the entire organization. It's not just for those that are on crisis management teams or, you know, that are involved with the the plans development or the execution of those plans. It's everybody, even people that may not have any activity to do. It has to increase their awareness because the newest employee that walks in that building needs to know that when a disaster occurs, what they're going to do, what they need to do. And it could be just sit at home and wait for a phone call or an email. And if that's their role, well, that's what they need to do. You know, you, if we don't validate that 
the people we need to go to other locations or sign in from home because a lot of people have that. We don't, if we don't validate that, then that person could just be disappearing. You know, you don't know where they are. Are they in the burning building? Have they gone off to a coffee shop? Are they at home sending messages on Twitter and Skype and Facebook and everything else saying that, oh, my company had a problem and I don't know what's going on. You know, they're getting the company's message out there when they shouldn't be. So you need to validate everyone's role and increase that awareness for everyone. And testing does that, you know, especially if you're doing larger uh, types of tests, which we'll get into uh, further down the road, um, you know, the different types you can do. But increases everything, you know, and it, testing also provides a benchmark for future tests. If you start off small with just, you know, small component testing, you know, we're going to bring up uh, this application or, or this uh, you know, application over here or this server over there, you know, the next time it's, okay, well, it's this application, now let's do two applications how to, uh, that, that talk to each other. How are we going to do that? You know, and, and measure the timing and, you know, everything that go, the activities that go around it. And each time you build on each one so that you can get to the point where if something does occur, You've tested all applications, all servers, all communication channels, everything you need, you know, your vesters, uh, vesters, your vendors, your um, senior executive. Everybody knows what to do, when they're to do it, where to go, and how to do it, and what tools are needed to do it. So ask yourself a lot of those kinds of questions, you know, and you know, keep that in mind when you're putting your, your test together, you know, and you're trying to get the buy-in from senior executives, you know, we need to test because, you know, I I don't know about you, but I ran into a lot of pushback, especially from, you know, um, I I, I don't like separating uh, areas within an organization, but a lot of business groups, their concern was you're going to impact our operations. Well, whatever you do, you don't want to be interrupting their operations. You don't want clients, uh, you know, and, and vendors and suppliers to be impacted by your tests. As much as you want to test those pieces, you don't want to be, you know, having them, even yourself, you know, being impacted because someone's doing a test. If you're calling into a, a call center, you don't want to be put on hold, you know, or listening to a mess, pre-recorded message for 30 minutes saying, we're testing right now, so too bad, call back. That's not going to happen, you know, and that's a concern that, uh, you know, some units are going to have. And you have to consider that when you're looking for, for buy-in. Also, you know, mention to, you know, ex- executives and, and to get the buy-in that, this is a positive thing. You know, you, there's teams that are going to be expected to work together. You know, when a disaster occurs and you have to respond, that may not even barely even know each other. I, I know when I read a couple of large tests uh, many years ago, we had uh, one, two, three countries, five locations, and uh, I think the last count was at least a at least 170 people, you know, in all those different locations, different time zones. So a lot of those people, they didn't know each other. But with the test, they were able to find out what each other does, and it actually helped a business relationship in the end, even when the test wasn't going on. People were able to reach out to others and, you know, work on sometimes incidents or problems or projects that came up 
they could actually reach out. It, it was a very proactive approach, and it's a benefit a lot of people don't see. You know, when they're testing, they just think right away, test, just go do it. But there's other benefits to doing that. You also want to look at buy-in with your, uh, you know, what your competitors are doing because you want to go talk to your executives and say, hey, our competitor, ABC company, they had a disaster and look how they messed it up, you know, or look how great they did. Can we do the same? Are we in the same position they are? Are we going to make the same mistakes? And of course, you know, you're the first time you say that, you know, uh, somebody's going to turn around and say, oh, we're much better than they are anyway, because we have a larger market share or more revenue. Well, that's not the driver for disaster response. You know, that that's not the reason just because you have more revenue doesn't mean you're going to be able to respond to a disaster better. You know, it, it just means you can afford more. But if you have a competitor or, or someone down the street that's had a disaster, take a look at yourselves. You know, look in the mirror. Can we do the same thing? Would we be that good? Would we be that bad? You know, and, and do it. Do an assessment, an honest assessment. You know, and, and find out where do we stand right now, and go through that. You know, and if you do have something in place, you know, whether it be documented or applications or you know spoken, you know, just where people just talk. This is what we're going to do, and everybody knows that. And I've actually been to a couple of places where nothing was documented, but Literally, everyone could rhyme uh, rhyme off exactly the activities that they would do and who would do it and where they would go and everything. But there still might be gaps in those processes. There still be could be gaps in what they're saying. There could be assumptions being made. You know, I don't know how many times you've heard this, but I hear it all the time in my project management uh, roles and in my business continuity and disaster recovery roles that such and such group knows what we want. That group knows what we want. Oh, they know they know about this. And you know what? That's not the case. When a disaster occurs, you know, you can't have assumptions. Uh, I love the, uh, I like saying that the only assumption that will be proven correct in a disaster is that all your assumptions are wrong. Because you don't know what's going to happen. So getting value is you can validate those assumptions. You can either say that, yes, this is correct, this is exactly what such and such group is going to do, or say that, no, we were way off, and we need to do some more digging and investigation with that group, because what we thought they would do isn't even close. You know, we're way off base, and who knows what could actually happen. So you want to do that. You want to ask your questions. You know, you you want to be collaborative. You don't want to be disruptive. You want to make sure that you know, over time, you're addressing all of your regulatory requirements, you know, and if you're trying to go for some sort of a certification like the ISO uh, standard or, or any of the others, you want to make sure you're doing what you need to do, show that what you're going to do, and whether you identify gaps or not, say this is how we're going to address and maintain this going forward, because I don't know any company in the world uh, anywhere, whether it be large, small, uh, you know, or medium-sized, there are always projects and things happening. Change is constant. So that means our testing has to change all the time, all our documentation has to change, and everything that we put towards it needs to change. You know, every, everything we do in disaster recovery, business continuity, I like to say is, you know, it, we're almost a shadow of what, 
you know, is really happening out in the production production world of a company. You know, we have to be able to recreate this somehow. You know, it may not be exactly the same, but all the critical pieces there, we have to be able to bring back. We have to get it up and running with a minimal impact to our customers, you know, our vendors, our staff, ourselves as possible. That's just the way it is, you know. And <clears throat> you go through and you find all the 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 positive aspects of testing because let's face it, uh, testing can be a state of mind. And by that I mean, you know, testing. Well, let, let's let's take a step back. Think of yourself back in school. When your teacher, your professor, you know, uh, whether it be grade one, grade 10, you know, university, when you heard the term test, you know, it makes a lot of people nervous. So sometimes you're just exercising plans instead. You know, uh, exercising is more positive. You know, as an expression goes, you cannot fail an exercise, but you can fail a test. And if you're like me, because it happened many times, I would do well on homework, I would do well on assignments, I would do well in the class answering questions, but when it came to a test, not that didn't show. You know, it, So when you say in an organization, we're going to test our disaster recovery plan, sometimes that kind of makes people nervous because they're going to be judged. If they find gaps or something wrong, it's going to look to them as though they're doing something wrong. They, you know... It, or they're going to think that executive management think they're doing something wrong when the whole point of the exercise and test is to actually find the gaps. But people aren't going to think like that. So you have to put a positive spin on it. You know, you can't just say that, um, you know, you don't want to have negative connotations and you don't just want to say we're going to test. We're going to exercise. You may test it further down the road when you think you found as many gaps as you can and you've tested everything you possibly can, you know, from your crisis management team role and responsibilities to sending out messages on your notification applications to recreating mainframe recovery and all the data and, you know, users are coming in and everything is working tickety-boo. Well, then you may turn around and say, you know what? We ha- we're not going to plan the next test at all. Just on such and such a date and time, bingo. We are now in disaster mode. Or, you know, <laughs> I even know of one place where I went for a meeting one day, and they said that a couple of weeks earlier, they had just, uh, on the spur of the moment, declared a disaster. Only three or four people in the company knew, and there was panic for a couple of hours. People had no idea what to do. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and they turned around and they said, you know, we're testing. And that freaked people out. And so, you know, be careful on how you want to phrase it. You know, I, I tend to use testing and exercise, you know, for the for these next few episodes, you know, interchangeably. But at the same time, you know, think about it, you know, where you are in your maturity level of your program, whether you want to be testing people you know, or, or exercising them because you're testing the plan. You're not testing the people, right? You know, you don't want to make people feel bad. So put a positive spin on it, you know, to make people want to find the gaps and do better. So there, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back and we'll continue talking about uh, testing your disaster recovery and business continuity plans. (laughs) 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Aliens with Gas, we are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix, a phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. 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 All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. This week, uh, part one of our talk on uh, testing. Uh, this Before our break, we went through you know getting buy-in and uh, talking about that. And now in this segment, I'd like to talk about what parts of the business continuity program should we be testing? Now, I could really give a quick, short answer and say everything, but, you know, that doesn't help anybody out there, right? But everything needs to be tested, really, in general. Um, at some point, you've got to go through and validate that everything you've put together, all your assumptions, like I mentioned before, are correct. You know, so we'll start off with things like the crisis management team, the roles and responsibilities. If by chance that was created in a silo, you know, by, you know, a practitioner, you know, sitting at their desk and referring to a lot of standards and uh, other information that's out there, you know, and their knowledge as well, and just wrote the responsibilities, well, it needs to be validated because the people that are on the crisis management team want to make sure that what they are responsible for is assigned to the correct person. 
sometimes it's not always the right person who's been assigned a task. I know I did work with one one team uh, uh, client, sorry, and we drafted the rules and responsibilities for the client client um, uh, their client side and put a crisis management team together. And then when we presented it to them, uh, the senior executive, they said, you know what, we're not really the ones who'd run this. It would be such and such person. And that person was in a completely different area. But because they had been with the company for so long and knew the business so well, they were the better person to run that and make some of those initial decisions. We wouldn't have found that out if we had gone forward with testing and all the people we thought would have been answering uh, you know, questions or performing activities would have been wrong. We, you know, we would have just fallen down completely flat on our face. So, you know, it, it, crisis management teams, you know, if they do some initial assessment work, you know, you know they hear that there's an incident, um, then let them go through that. How would they do that? How would they contact each other? Where would they meet? What would they talk about? What information do they expect to receive? You know, you can test all of that. You can put a situation together. I do remember in one, uh, actually, we did it a couple of times with a uh, an applic- a notification application we had where we sent out, uh, you know, notifications for disasters or incidents and, you know, our help desk or service desk used it as well. But if we had a disaster, the vice, I think he was vice president, vice president of IT would actually uh, log on and send this canned message that we had to, you know, a pre-designated list, and he went through it. He'd never used it before. So we actually made that part of a test scope. You know, he learned how to use it, and then when we declared disaster, disaster now, he actually went into his office, logged on, and sent off a message, and he goes, yeah, he goes, I know how to do this now. We kind of assumed that he did. So again, you know, you want to validate your emergency response, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, when the alarms go off, we, you know, we evacuate the building, you know, and then take things from there. Well, you've got people going down the stairwells, you know, sending off messages to friends and you got people, and I've seen it, who stand back, you know, hi- kind of hiding behind a, uh, a cubicle wall so they can continue working, you know, and you've got uh, people that just go off in all directions when you get outside, when you're, especially if it's a multi-unit building and you've got lots of different companies in there, you know, you've got a designated area for each one so you can find out where your staff is. And I've seen it where people start walking down the street, going to the local coffee shop and then just watch what's going on. Well, you want to test so that everyone knows where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to do, what the floor wardens are supposed to do. And those are the people that you know, hold the doors open or direct everyone to the nearest stairwell, you know, either they're wearing a red hat or a vest or, or something that clearly identifies them, you know, who they are. They, they want to test their role too, because their part of their role is to also walk around and make sure everyone's out of the building, you know, and then come down with their report saying, you know, Bob is still up on the fourth floor, you know, refuses to come down for the drill, you know. And if you have listened to our talk with the um, chief fire prevention officer from here in Guelph, where I live, he said that, you know, he expects, you know, companies and facilities to have that in place, you know, that when he and his people arrive, that they have a single contact to talk to. 
Well, if you don't document and validate that role, how that poor fire marshal is probably going to have 10 different floor wardens coming up to them, get, each giving them different you know, pieces of information that could conflict for all we know, right? And he's not going to know what's going on. And that can be very frustrating for the firefighters and the first responders trying to do that. So you want to validate all of that. It goes without saying your technology recovery plans. Let's face it, you know, you know you're going to do that, you know, from the uh, recovering the network to recovering a mainframe, you know, to restoring and recovering data to making sure that you can get to the web and your email, of course, you know, uh, there were times when people used to say, well, we can get by with two, three, you know, I won't say three days because I don't, not sure anybody would really say that anymore, but, you know, they can get by a day, um, you know, or two without email, but because they could use fax or, you know, they pick up a telephone. Well, now, you know, not a lot of people use fax. I, you know, I can't remember the last time I used it. You know, it's all email, you know, through my through my smartphone. And that's what everyone's going to be doing. So you want to be testing that, you know, your IT recovery is all up and running from the smallest pieces to the larger pieces. You know, like I said, the mainframe and data and all the other different different components and that they all talk to each other and validate. Validate on the IT side and on the user side. It's one thing to say that everything is on, you know, and you see all the pretty green and orange and different colored lights on the back of servers. Everything's plugged in, you know, cables are all over the place. Everything works, that's fine. But it's different when a user actually logs on and says, well, everything is on, but I can't get to it. It's not recognizing me. I can't do anything. I Once I, or I can log on, but now I can't get to an application. Or now I can get to an application, but it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Or even worse, where's my data? I can't do anything. So you start off from the small areas and you build up. Right, but it's got to be validated. You know, there's also the business continuity plans, or the what the departments are going to do. You know, a lot of times what, at the beginning I said, you know, there's assumptions, and I've been through this where while IT is rebuilding the IT infrastructure, business is saying, well, they know what we need. You know, we'll ju- we'll just log on and we'll start. Well, what are you doing in the meantime? What's your action plan? You know, you just had a disaster. You could be missing, you know, a minute or two of data or, or, or something. You know, how are you going to validate that everything is correct? Where's your plan? You know, that needs to be there too, and you need to validate that. You know, and I would recommend having a test where uh, at times things don't come up the way it's supposed to be. You know, you may have your technology infrastructure ready, but the data isn't exactly there. You know, it's not exactly the presented the way a user wants to see it. And have these users come in and say, how do I get that data again? Uh, What am I looking for? How do I validate that what I'm doing if I start my role again, you know, answering phone calls or inputting data or validating financial transactions, whatever the case may be, how do I know that everything there is correct? You know, uh, that, that tends to get forgotten. It always seems to be assumed that What's there is perfect, but IT can't tell you that. They can only tell you that from everything from their side looks fine. Data's there, but is it the right data? They don't know. You know, it's only the users that are going to know that, and users have to have an action plan 
to validate and test and make sure everything is correct before, you know, uh, let's say a vice president on the client side or the call center says, yes, everybody's validated everything. We're okay. Bang, start normal operations. Well, as normal as you can be in a disaster situation, right? You know, take it from there. So you want to look at that. And at some point you want to get into your vendor vendors and you know your suppliers, your partners. If you send something off to somebody else, what happens when you can't send it anymore? What are they going to do? How does that impact them? Or they have a disaster and they're sending something to you every day. What are you going to do now? How are you going to get that data to them? Or how are they going to get that data to you if, if there's uh, a broken chain between the two? You know, I do recall we had a test at one place I used to work where we put data on a tape and drove down to downtown Toronto and gave them the tape and they would restore and they would get the information they need. If our link between these two sites, ourselves and our partner, was gone, how would we get that information to them? A little funny funny note on that is one time we did test it and the person that we were supposed to give the tape to forgot and all the data sat on the tape uh, and on the gentleman's desk for a day before it was actually restored and we could actually validate we could do it. So luckily it was a test and not something real. Otherwise, uh, there could have been some uh, major impacts there. But you want to test, you know, all of that kind of information too. You know, do I withhold my information? Do I not send anything to a vendor? You know, do they not send me something? You know, what's the messages that you need to do with the external parties? You know, uh, all your inputs and your outputs. You know, you you have to test those as well. It's not just what's in your own four walls or your own facility. You need to test beyond that at some point. And sometimes to be able to do that, you have to be a little bit more mature in your program on what you're doing inside. You know, we've validated our IT stuff, our, our communication protocols, et cetera. So now we can take the next step and go outside. You don't want to be starting off right at the beginning with, you know, trying to test with a key partner and something not go well. And it's your very first test. And you're not going to look very good in your eyes of a partner. And your partner is going to look at you and kind of wonder, well, why are we doing business with these people? <laughs> so... Um, and I mentioned communications, uh, you know, almost everything has communications. And we even had a show uh, recently uh, with my cousin, uh, Jeannie Sakach, um, a communications expert. So I take a listen to that one. There's some good information in there. You do want to validate your communication channels are there, you know, whether it be uh, talking to the press, you know, the communications on social media, because that is now uh, calculated in minutes. You know, there used to be a time when I first started, you know, 20 years ago, uh, actually more than 20 years ago now, you know, you had almost a day or, you know, half a day to get a press release out. Well, that's not going to cut it now. You know, you you don't have 12 hours to do that. You barely even have 12 minutes for that. So you need to test who's going to do that. What message are they sending? You know, you can draft some messages up ahead of time and see how it works. You can do your call tree tests, you know, sending out messages to all your staff. You know, this is a test. Validate the numbers, you know, to make sure that everything works. I mentioned earlier the vice president who was sending off 
messages through the uh, application notification application we had uh, tool, and he you know he got trained on it, and we validated that that all worked, and it was going to the right places. Uh, we did that at another place as well, actually, a government agency uh, tested that to make sure that it worked, and um, they were also validating their HR information as well and updating files when it came to that, who didn't get the message and why they didn't get the message. So there's ways of you know doing all those tests that you can bring all that information together and update your your stuff so that you know when something does happen, you've got the most current current uh, current information at hand. You know, uh, you also want to test you know not just your um, facility and IT availability like the emergency response. We've lost our building. We're going over here. IT is rebuilding our stuff, but you want to validate the people. You know, your people availability. And I think, I wasn't going to do this, but I think I'm going to, on um, one of the other shows on testing, is go through a people availability test with you. How you can validate, you know, uh, what happens, you know, when a flu breaks out or a pandemic breaks out. You know, that's usually the big one. You know, when that happens, what do we do? You know, how do we... How do we keep going when we've lost, you know, a third of our staff, let's say, you know, due to a bad, bad flu or some sort of an outbreak, you know, that doesn't disrupt, you know, obviously it's a test, so you don't want to disrupt, you know, how do we do that? And I've got some uh, information here that uh, maybe I'll, I'll go through it. It it can be fun. Uh, I've seen it uh, done and uh, people have a bit of a chuckle about it, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go through that. I think, I think I'll add that to here. And you also uh, want to validate any manual processes that you have. Anything that, uh, you know, if this system goes down, we'll keep doing it by fax and things like that. Well, can you do it by fax? You know, if you've got 10 people working on something that are sending files, but you have one fax machine, can you really do it by fax? Is that, you know, realistic? You know, or are you sending them somewhere else? You know, they go into all six different machines, 10 different machines around your building, you know, and commandeering them for what they need to do. You know, you've got to test every aspect of it to find out what works and what doesn't work and identify the gaps. And when you identify the gaps, either you accept them and say that, yeah, that's the way it's going to be, or, hey, we need to fix this. We need to get this resolved so that we don't experience this. You know, and that's that's the value of testing. You know, and there you've got all the other aspects, your, your incident management processes, your, you know, not just during a test, but, you know, when you have an incident and it, a change is made to an application as a result of an incident, how is that getting reflected over into your disaster recovery environments and your plans, you know, and you know, a change in rules and responsibility, you know, or you know, anything along those lines. Even when a person leaves, and I, I worked at one place, and when someone left, there was a, uh, a questionnaire, not, not so much a questionnaire, it was more of a form that outline saying this person left, these are all the accesses they had, you know, the applications, the systems, you know, the facilities, the floors, the phone. And each group had to go through and make sure that they removed that person from, you know, whatever it was, if, you know, making sure that their phone number was no longer uh, available. Myself, actually, I had something where it was access to the, our alternate site, you know, only people who were, uh, um, identified to be able to go in there to restore because it, it wasn't used for, um, you know, people, you know, per se. It was more of the IT component of it. Uh, that was the key piece. 
but there were IT personnel who had access there. So if someone left, I had to go and make sure that that list, they lost their access and, you know, the vendor knew about it and we knew about it. All the records were updated, you know, and validated, et cetera. So, you know, you want to test every single aspect. So on that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more talking about testing your disaster recovery and business continuity plans. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick. If uh, you were listening to the last segment, I mentioned about talking about the pandemic exercise. You know what? I, I think I'm going to do it now while it's on my mind and give you an example of how you can test without being uh, disruptive to operations. It is a fun test. I have seen people have a lot of fun with it. Uh, if it's not done right, um, it can cause a little bit of frustration for people, uh, especially if you're not using the right words. And you'll find that out as I go through here. So the pandemic exercise, that's not a technology issue. 
it's not, you know, a pandemic does not impact technology. The only way it impacts technology is if the people who are needed to support the technology are not available. You know, if I get the flu, that does not impact, you know, my laptop from working. You know, my laptop doesn't work if I've got the flu and I'm not using it. Then it's not working, you know, if you get my meaning. So a pandemic exercise is focused on people availability. So you want to know what happens, what could realistically happen if people are gone, you know, from the workforce um, for any amount of time, either right away or long periods, you know, and I know every organization uh, has the, the fun time in the summer where people take, you know, a week, two weeks off, you know, rough, you know, there is a percentage of the workforce that's gone through the summer at all times, you know, due to vacations, you know, or, or sickness in the summer. And, Everyone experiences that. My current client that I'm doing some work with right now has that. People are on vacation. So what do we do? How do we keep our business going when that happens and there's a disaster? So we need to plan for that. And you can't just walk around saying, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. You know, uh, because what will happen is you'll end up with, especially senior executives, because I've <laughs> seen them do it. They'll turn around and say, no, 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 I have to be here. I'm important. I'm important. I'm not here. Do you don't include me. Don't include me. Just, just do it for the, these groups. You know, say, well, no, you know, if we all, well, we can all get colds. We can all get the flu. We all get, you know, a paper cut. So eh, anything can happen. You can't make the assumption that there's, you know, some sort of a magical bubble around these people. I, I know I, I keep going back to assumptions and a lot of times I hear, well, IT will do this, IT will do that. And I just kind of chuckle wondering, well, there is no magical bubble around, you know, IT personnel. And if they, there is, they certainly haven't made uh, anyone else aware of it. You know, it doesn't happen. You know, you can't make that assumption. And in a pandemic, you know, there were estimates, uh, you know, 30, 40% of the workforce could be out. That doesn't mean dead. I just want to clarify that. That does not mean, you know, everyone's a casualty. It just means they're not available. So if that's, that's true, you know, 30 to 40, well, you know, even up to 50%, you know, could be gone. How do you validate your plans with all those people gone? You know, can you still operate? So with pandemic exercising, you need to pull that together and find out, can we actually do this? So it's a one day exercise, you know, it takes a little bit of planning on practitioners part and probably some volunteers, maybe from health and safety uh, committees who uh, all practitioners should be involved with, by the way. Um, And maybe I'll touch base on that on a later show. But what happens to start off with? Choose your day. When someone comes into the building and you you can tell people ahead of time, we're only going to be using these two entrances, you know, come in. You know, if you've got one big main entrance, well, then that helps you. But when you come in, you're going to draw a colored chip from a a bucket or a box or something. You know, red, yellow, and green. Green is okay. You're available. You're working there. Yellow is, well, we're not sure. Maybe you're on vacation. You're, um, you know, away sick. um, Or you're you're still on your way to work. uh, And red is you're not available. Right? That's the color of those chips. So when a disaster occurs that day, you're checking out people availability, what would happen? Well, everyone with green, they're in the office, they're able to help out with um, response activities, emergency response and continuity activities and restoration and recovery. Yellow, you're not sure. You don't know where they are. 
you know, who, who knows? They could be joining you soon. They could be, uh, you know, in Paris enjoying, you know, a, a glass of wine. You know, so you don't know where they are. And red is they simply are not available, period. And when I said about wording, red could also mean that they've been uh, a casualty of the pandemic. They're not there anymore. What has happened, and I've seen uh, some places do it, the people will keep those colored uh, chips and they'll put them outside their office, you know, or on their desk, just as a joke, you know, or on their screen on their computer. So when people walk by, ha ha, you have to work or, you know, people are chuckling. I don't see if something happened. I, I can still go off and do something because I'm not available, you know, you know, and then uh, I have also seen people chuckle going, oh, look at me. I'm dead. <laughs> you know, I'm a zombie right now. So you can have some fun with it. What benefit you get out of that? Oh, and I guess I should tell you how you should split those up. Um, if you've got uh, 100 people in your um, your uh, organization, only have 100 chips, you know, uh, and split them up. If you're, you're missing up to 50% of your workforce, then 50% of those chips uh, are green, and you can split up the yellow and red, maybe, uh, you know, 30% are yellow and 20% are red, you know. Um, that, so you use those kind of percentages, but I'll leave that up to you on how you want to do that. So what you what the health and safety or the volunteer or the BCM practitioner does is has a list of all these people, you know, at, at the entrances. And as Bob comes in and pulls a green, we just identify, oh, there's Bob on the list and he's green. He's available. You know, and you do that for everyone that comes in that day. And if somebody doesn't come in that day, well, they're an automatic yellow. You know, we, we don't know where they are. So what you do then is you take those findings and you identify all those key people that aren't available. Now, I know of one place that did it, uh, and I think, I wish I could remember the lady's name. She was presenting at a conference, and she had mentioned that it was the, the key person that signs all the checks um, and, and all the financial records and would sign and hand over money, you know, during a disaster, make money available, everything that that gentleman had pulled a red. And she said, everyone was in a tizzy going, well, what do we do? Because he didn't really have a backup. So they had to go through and they identified, here's all our key people. And that's what you do in this test. Here's all our key people that pulled a red. You know, do we have backups for them? Are they captured, you know, in, in our plans? You know, especially those key roles. You know, if you're responsible for signing checks, well, you want to make sure that person's got a backup. You know, have you lost your crisis uh, management team leader? You know, yeah, we don't know where they are. Well, do they have a backup? Oh, that backup has also, you know, pulled a yellow. Well, who's the alternate backup? We don't have one. Well, maybe, you know, you want to look into that and start rectifying some of those issues that you find. The, the pandemic exercise helps identify, you know, all your key staff and you start plucking all the key people out because, again, you start addressing some of the assumptions, you know, because a lot of people make plans um, assuming that all the key people they need are going to be there. And that's not always the case. You know, a disaster does not pick between nine to five when, uh, you know, Sally is on site and Sally is in charge of everything. Well, it can happen in the evening. It can happen when she's on vacation. It could be, it could happen while she's in transit, you know, uh, to the office or, or back home. 
you can't make those assumptions. The pandemic exercise is great for identifying where some of those gaps are when it comes to the roles and responsibilities, the roles of staff, the roles of management, the roles of the crisis teams, the recovery teams, you know. You could even have, you know, if we had a disaster, we had to evacuate the building, you know, thanks to our pandemic exercise, well, half our floor wardens are gone, and now we've got people wandering all over the place not knowing what to do. So, you you know, a pandemic exercise will help identify all of that stuff, you know, and you can then sit with your HR groups um, and go through, you know, what policies do we need? You know, if, you know, 25% of our staff or 30% of our staff is not available, you know, for whatever reason, they're home taking care of a loved one or they're sick themselves, you know, are we still paying them? Are they using up vacation time? You know, how long are, are we going to, to allow people, you know, to be sitting at home before we have to make alternate arrangements? So all of that has to come into play when you're pa- you're doing your pandemic test, you know, uh, identifying what policies are in place and identifying what policies aren't in place, because you may also have people that are com- perfectly healthy, but they're at home taking care of a loved one who's sick. So now what happens? What policy do you have in that? Is that your bereavement, you know, uh, policy, or is that something else? Because it's a you know pandemic, Spanish flu, or or H one N one, or H one N five, and uh, I think there's a new one out. Uh, I can't remember its name, but um, there's a, a new uh, uh, pandemic that's out there, you know, or sorry, virus that's out there. So you need to match all of that, you know, with your, your documented plans and identify where the gaps are. And that includes your, your business continuity plans. You know, we said we would um, do a such and such uh, uh, activity when we're, we're short, you know, IT, but can you still do that activity when the IT is there, but the people aren't? You know, what's your alternate now? So you start finding out all of these different gaps, you know, that a pandemic exercise can be. And like I said, it can be fun as long as you're not using some of the terminology, you know, death and destruction, you know, and things like that. And, you know, you just make it fun, you know, and I, I heard of one place that kind of had a little celebration, you know, they, they gave everyone uh, that pulled a red um, a free piece of pizza or something. It was really weird. You know, they called them up on stage or whatever it was in their cafeteria and and just kind of you know had made light of the situation but they did go through and make all these changes and updates to their plans so you know so i wanted to talk to you about that while it was on my mind you know and and go through that with you it can be a fun exercise like i said so think about it you know it it does a lot of uh, good you know um and even you know it support staff right you can't assume that they're going to be available if you've got an issue how are you going to deal with it you know, so, so think about it. Use that uh, as a, a, a an idea for one of your tests. Next week, we're going to talk about more testing. We're going to go into identifying um, the scope and you know the different various types of tests and how you capture, you know, and document. This is what we're going to do. And then on a later show, we're going to say this is what we did and this is what we're going to do about it. So. Next week, we'll talk about um, the different kinds of tests and uh, identifying our scope. And again, if you have any questions or anything you want me to talk about or guests you'd like to see on the show, send me a note. Let me know at info at 
stone-road.com. And I hope this has been a great experience for you. Um, I'll uh, talk to you next week. In the meantime, everyone, stay prepared. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 